Radio, also Art Star Scene Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am Face Boy. I am Lucas. And with us at his home is Norman Spiller. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for joining us. So, this is actually a pre record. Uh, Lucas has to go to uh, Renfrew Residential. Uh, for eating disorders. Um, that's not going to be the focus of this show, but if you want to talk about it, we can talk about it. But what we're mostly going to be talking about, we're doing a three or four part series on Black Lives Matter. We're recording this on Sunday the 7th. You're going to be hearing it on uh, on the following Saturday. And hopefully there are still going to be protests going on. One of the things I like about that we're going to be pre-recording this stuff is because we're still really pissed off right now. And if uh, two, a week, two weeks, three weeks from now, people aren't still pissed off, people aren't still taking action, well, maybe this will help remind them. I want to start with uh, something that we touched upon uh, on yesterday's show, and that was when the the two officers that pushed that 75-year-old man and and his and he is still in the hospital now that the the other 57 officers decided in solidarity because these officers were being treated so poorly um, that they would that they would not no longer be in that part of the police force and what what they said and the words that really bothered me is they were that these officers were just following orders that really bothered me and it immediately made me think about Nazi Germany, and I, and I couldn't figure out why. And then this morning I did a little bit more research, and it was because, well, just following orders was exactly what was brought up in the Nuremberg trials. The Nazis were trying to say, hey, we were just following orders, so now there we have put in place in our legal systems that if you are following an order that is illegal, you are held accountable. So you can't use that excuse anymore. Anyway, that's my little rant. If you there, if you have thoughts on that, yeah, I mean, the Nazi Germany is exactly what you think of when you hear that 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 phrase. You know, just following orders. I mean, you know, it it, it, it shouldn't be used as an excuse, and it shouldn't. I'm glad you said the law was changed, so they can't use that. That's you know, maybe that's one of the positive things that are coming out of this this you know the protest. Yeah, since Nuremberg, and even in some cases before, uh, going back, uh, going back quite a ways, uh, the the just following orders in different countries and different societies was was not acceptable. There was there was a situation where uh, there was this huge where there was a, a massacre, and there was another situation I think where where a soldier was was ordered to shoot an unarmed elderly person. And uh, he said he was just following orders, and um, and then the person who had given the order, he actually was he actually got off 
on an insanity plea. <laughs> Fucking crazy. Fucking crazy. So, um, tell me if this is a correct summation, Norman, that you have been joined, you have been raised with all of the injustices of having a black father with none of the privilege of having a white mother. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's pretty much, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm uh, just a few shades darker than you, but still, um, one story comes to mind, and this was during the, the 80s when I was in high school, and me and two friends of mine were in uh, Tompkins Square Park. We just, you know, got a nickel bag or something like that, or maybe even a tray, you know, if you know, you're old if you remember what a tray bag is, you know, but uh, so we were all in the park. <laughs> you're, you're old if you remember I'm, a nickel I'm bag. I'm really curious. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Oh, a tray bag. A tray bag is three dollars. Three dollars. You get like maybe two joints out of it. Yeah. Oh my God, your weed was so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> three joints is like sixty dollars now. <laughs> three dollars, two joints, but you know the weed wasn't that good. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was growing up, there was seeds and shit, and like it was like really just yeah, like seeds very and stems. dry, and like well, it wasn't stems, very yeah, leafy. That was part. <laughs> These kids have, like, really fancy hydroponic weed. (laughs) Oh, no, I mean, you know, they don't know how good they have it. If we start vaping school, they vape in school. Like, I I wish I could have vaped in school. (laughs) If we get on the subject of weed with We'll never get off. Let's let's move on. (laughs) The whole fucking show. (laughs) We'll have you back to talk about that. There's more important things to talk about right now. (laughs) But to get back to the story, though. So we were there rolling up, or I think, no, we were smoking in a little pipe, you know, those w- little wooden pipes you used to buy for like a buck in the village. Yeah. And we look up and none of us saw it somehow, but a cop car was like right in front of us in the park. And this is Thompson Square Park, you know, relatively small park. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh man, you know, how do we let this, how do we let this car roll up on us? Anyway, cops get out and it was a white cap. You know, meaning it was like a sergeant or something. It was some higher up, you know. The two white cops, like I said, I'm, you know, people, when they see me, they really don't know what I am. Arab or Spanish or whatever, you know. They just know non-Caucasian. And Mm -hmm. I was there with two white friends. Now, there's no reason for them to think that one person was this, one person was that. But he goes, you, to me. Mm-hmm. the stand up right there it's like okay why why am i the one that has to answer for this anyway <clears throat> so i get up and he's like you know do we have anything on you and i was like no he's like well if i check you will i find anything he knows this is high school so of course i answer i hope not <laughs> 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 so he finds a little bag and and Luckily, this is pre-Giuliani because, like, this is still in the time where all they did was really they took my weed, they 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 took the pipe, they they took a little stick and they took the weed out of it. And he said, "All right, you know, don't smoke your shit in here." I said, "Go on with it, you know, go on with yourself." Now they didn't say anything to my other two friends. 
so that's I mean that's a small thing. Luckily, nothing happened. And like I said, this is when <laughs> the cops were still bad and still had a sort of a racist bent. But they it was pre Giuliani. I think as soon as Giuliani took over, that's when cops started becoming militant. Mm-hmm. Things really started changing. Okay. They just said, go ahead. Now, if it happened a few years later, I would have been handcuffed, brought to the station, put through the system just to see if I had any warrants, which happened to me in another incident, like some years later. So, but even back then, so they weren't as militant, but the sort of racist bias was still in place. Yeah, yeah. The back then they would just take your shit and, you know, keep it for themselves. Right. For the right. most part. That's that's what would happen. Uh they wouldn't or if charge they didn't, you. Or or they'd give it to you or they'd give it to friends of theirs or something like that. But so they uh, wouldn't even put or, you in the system. Or sometimes at all. even back then if they let's say if we were smoking on a stoop, they just say put it out. Yeah. And you just put it out, you said, you know, thank you, officer, you know. Mm-hmm. Show respect. Mm-hmm. You put it out and then they drive on. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you have racism in leadership, and I am calling Giuliani a racist, I have no oh, trouble absolutely. saying that. Uh, then, then you're going to have it. Then you're going to have it f- f- for the people that are that are you're responsible for. Racism uh, trickles down, yeah. Yeah, and now we have a racist president, and that's that's really. I mean, we've definitely had many racist presidents before, but none as bad as him in this modern age. None as bad as him in the last, I'd say, 40 years. Honestly, I I feel like none as vocal about it as him ever. (laughs) Does that make sense? Like, he's just like... Well, maybe not ever, but not in the modern age. Not in the modern age. And and so that's, uh, that's definitely part of why we are seeing... Uh, more and more uh, violence and injustice uh, against. In, in, in the first couple of months of uh, yeah. Trump's tenure, uh, he's, he, I, don't, I forgot what issue it is that this was brought up, but he was like, you know, maybe he was speaking in the front of a whole uh, uh, class of cadets, maybe or something, but he was saying, oh, you got to be more violent you know when you put them in the car you know if their head mm-hmm. hit the top of the car you know yeah, that might happen you know i mean he was encouraging them yeah. to actually be more violent in their interactions with people he has defended that since right um george floyd as well he's defended it he still thinks yeah. he's right they they because i they brought it up at press conferences and he he was like, what, somebody, you know, killed somebody and we're just supposed to, um, like, like let it go on. But this, again, like, goes along with that he doesn't believe in habeas corpus. Or is that what it's called? We're, yeah, habeas corpus, right? Uh, well, right now we're going to get into that more when we – we're going to have Adam on next. Yeah, we're going to have him on at 630. So that's going to be, for people listening, that's going to be a week from now. But habeas corpus is like right to due process. It's uh, that that if you have been arrested, then within 24 hours, you have a right to go in front of a judge and determine whether or not your arrest was, uh, whether or not you actually committed any crime. And if you did not commit any crime, then you're out right away. 
that's that's. But it the, also protects you from oh. them being violent with you before you've been, um, like before you've been found guilty. No, it doesn't. It, it, I mean, it's it's supposed to be protect you from being them being violent with you in arrest, isn't it? No, there's nothing that can protect you from from police violence uh, except uh, except for changes in how things are going on. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I think that I, I think that's that's a fair statement, given what, everything that we've seen. Yeah, I mean, I just thought it was supposed to, not that it does, but I thought I had I, I had thought, but I maybe have um, got confused, got it confused with something else. No, habeas corpus uh, is something that applies after you've been arrested, and it has to do with well, with what I said before. It it is a right within twenty four hours to have it determined whether or not you're you're detained legally, and yeah. if you are not detained legally, then you can go. And now with New York City having that fucking canceled for now, which is which is not legal. It's not legal. It's it's constitutionally illegal to 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 say uh, I, I am dismissing all writs of habeas corpus. You can't do that. That's not legal. Um, you know, de Blasio was called out for um, that. He can't stand behind his black family anymore. Go ahead. That's pretty much all I want to say about that. Except he, after getting called out, did he did revoke curfew. So it's interesting. You can kind of make some change by. Um, I feel like we have we have gotten some changes, but I, I feel like we haven't really gone enough for. Um, we've mostly focused on George Floyd, and so then there's other people that have, like, there's other black people who like that are being erased in that. That have also been like had police violence. I feel like we're not caring about black trans people of color, and we're not caring. We're you know, so that's we have to think about that too. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. There is a lot of things, a lot of issues that need to come forward, and there are a lot of changes that that need to that need to occur. I mean, I um, think that we, we can't like. I feel like the the Black Lives Matter might be erasing it though, and that's a problem. Like, you, Black Lives Matters can't move forward if we don't think about all Black Lives. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. All right, we can move yeah. on. Well, I wouldn't say it can't move forward. I wouldn't it, say it, it can't, but I think, from, I, I think, think it, that I think it, that it's I think that we should not I think that we need to bring all of these things into the larger conversation. Absolutely. I remember my first my first encounter with police treating me I think it was my first encounter with police treating me pretty crappily and you were there Norman I remember it well. It was right on 6th Street, right off of Avenue A. I didn't remember the exact fucking street. I remember exactly where it was. Yeah. Now, who was with us? Was it Michael and Robert, bunch, as usual? Bunch, no, it was a bunch of my uh, um, neighborhood friends. Okay. Yeah. And we were hanging out on 6th Street, uh, right across the street from uh, where one of my buddies lives. And we were smoking a joint. I was about, thir- we were like 13, 14? About 13 or 14. Probably more like even 13, I think. I think we were about 13 years old. Yeah. And you might have had the marijuana McDonald's. I did. Meat. I did. That's what made me a target. And that's what I made was... you a target. 
the one the t-shirt that I still have, Lucas, that you want me to give to you. Oh my god, please. I want it so bad. <laughs> Which is on a personal note with t-shirt t-shirt that Frank had on when we first met. <laughs> first, first day of junior high school. And you, wait, you wore that's that's your mom let you wear that on the first day of junior high school? No, no, I switched it out. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, your mom's pretty <laughs> chill, but not that chill. <laughs> yeah, it's the McDonald's arches with marijuana written across it, and that's what I was wearing. And your and school are so- you in? You have no dress code? Oh, man, no. my school never would have. Never. Like, never. You would have been, like, expelled. <laughs> no, we didn't have any kind of dress code. We'd wear whatever the fuck we want. We found out years later that fucking, you know, half the teachers, half the administration, they were all fucking potheads. Yeah, but you're just not <laughs> supposed to talk about it in a school setting. <laughs> Even the dean. And remember, they were more, I know we're, we're on this marijuana kick, but they were more concerned about people smoking weed than fighting, if you remember, in junior high school. Okay. No, I didn't, I didn't uh, I remember it that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, they didn't like us doing it. Did I tell this? Well, let's finish this story first. Yeah, right. So, this made me so craving marijuana, I had to start smoking. <laughs> so this, so this old guy approaches the building, and we move out of the way, and then he turns around and leaves, and then these, then did was the old guy there when the cops came? I don't think so. I don't think so. No, he wasn't. No. And the police came, and they, they were like, uh, you guys were harassing an old man. You wouldn't let him in the building. He's smoking pot. And we're like, no. Because <laughs> we weren't those kinds of kids, you know? We, we were always re- respectful to old people. We were moving out of the way. There was nothing we were doing that could have... that that was threatening in the least bit. We were being so respectful. And... Um, and so they, so I think the cop found the joint that one of us had thrown on, on the ground. Yeah. And he comes up to me. It's he's real fatty, too. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes up to me and he's like, oh, you like marijuana? You like it? You like it? And he starts shoving it in my mouth. I think it might have even still been lit. And pushing me and pushing me and shoving this thing in my mouth. It was really fucking freaky. It freaked me out. And any how anything you remember that I'm not uh, recalling? No, that that's about it. I mean, he really, I mean, basically, he, he punched you in the face with the joint. Yeah. Really what happened. Yeah, it happened really one, fast. Like, a real impact. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it wasn't a fist, but he because he had the joint in us. Mm-hmm. But basically, he really just punched you in the face, and you weren't doing anything. You didn't sass him or anything, just because you were wearing that shirt. You know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe you had a little smile on your face. Who knows? But I mean, whatever. I was high. <laughs> exactly. You definitely had a smile on your face. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever it is didn't warrant that that force that he came at you. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I looked thirteen. Yeah, I wasn't like a I wasn't like a thirteen year old that looked old, looked older. Right. That's one like thing that, though. We um, I feel like um, the cops always say that like black children look older, which is ridiculous. That you were just placing that on them, don't you think? Yes. I feel yeah, like, there you know, have been we're plenty not of letting them be kids. 
yeah, like fourteen year olds being shot. Yeah, I didn't. Think, yeah, I that, thought he was that, an that's... adult. You know, like you know, if they, if they were fifty years old, they still shouldn't have been shot. So that argument doesn't even hold any water. You know? I know, but they'll use it. Yeah. But I mean, like, just like with like they they expose them to like stop and frisk at like ten years old. Like, why is a ten year old or ten year old need stop and frisk? You would never put stop and frisk on a like um, on a white kid. You know, you know, I had this. I had this on my like my black ex-boyfriend really liked um, uh, Bloomberg. I was really confused. Don't you? Why? Why did he like Bloomberg? I, I don't know. I, we got in a big. I lost my voice I, I, in fighting with him over it. I like literally lost my voice. And then I and it was right as like the coronavirus started to hit, so everybody thought I had coronavirus. And nobody wanted to sit at my table when I was waiting tables, but I literally just. (laughs) (laughs) But then some of them realized I was telling the truth about like what I had fought over. And then, um, then the day that Bloomberg dropped out, some of my, some of the people I served came in and with the paper because they knew I was at work and were like, he dropped out, he dropped out. We had a little celebration, (laughs) but yeah, I lost my voice real bad over that. It was actually two. It was the bouncer too, this black bouncer. It was two black men I was fighting with on the street, and I just was so mad at them, and I couldn't. I just, I was like, no, you can't like Bloomberg, and they were like, these kids deserve it, and I was like, what? They were like, they're acting wrong, and I was like, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, we can't like assume that you know. We just. I hope he's not listening right now. <laughs> Well, he can't be listening right now. I hope he's not. Li- I don't hope he doesn't listen to this episode <laughs> next week. <laughs> but I mean, he he was really proudly saying it. It wasn't like something he was trying to hide. It wasn't a private conversation. He really felt like, you know, like these kids are being stopped and frisked, or the the kids who were getting stopped and frisked deserved it. And I think that like, a, like both of them didn't grow up in a generation that it, they experienced it. I think that it's hard for them to, and neither of them, I think, grew up in neighbor like they grew up with like privilege that a lot of like um that a lot of people of color don't have so i think you have to like sometimes check your own privilege before you say that like these like street kids are deserving it because they they're acting wrong i mean that's really i hate stop and frisk it makes me really angry (laughs) so growing up on the lower east side um i was pretty much witness to how the police force started to become militarized not just in the equipment because that's one thing but just in the attitude totally changed you know now remember the the, the lower east side used to be you know the wild wild west I mean, mm-hmm. you know below avenue a or east of avenue a i should say was really the open drug market i mean you would see like lines of people standing outside of an abandoned building, many abandoned buildings, you know, and that was the open heroin trade. And then uh, they enacted what was called Operation Pressure Point. Pressure Point. Which was a total uh, crackdown on that open drug trade. But then it was a crackdown really on just the general population of the Lower East Side. Yeah. And I have another story because I, I remember I remember hearing about 
Operation Pressure Point, and it was on the news, and mm-hmm. and we would read about it, and we would hear about it, but on my side of town, we didn't see anything. We didn't see anything happening. Um, maybe, and and you know, come on, there was just as much in Washington Square Park. There was just as much going on as there was in in your neighborhood. Maybe I'm wrong, but there was a lot going on. Yeah, no, there was. I mean, I I will say the heroin trade was pretty out of hand. I mean, there was one time we were uh, friends of mine were smoking a joint again uh, in the park on the east uh, on the northeast side of the park by the basketball courts, and all of a sudden we saw all these people running, and we're like, "What the hell's going on?" And the lead guy stops. And then he's pointing to the people that were running. I mean, running, like full gate, you know, full marathon pace running. And then he lined them up all on the benches nearby. And it was a sale. It was a heroin sale. And it was really illuminating because of oh, people of all, all ages, <laughs> all races, all like, I mean, you know, all attire, people that were dressed like businessmen people that are dressed like teachers people were dressed like everything and anyway like fucking walmart on black friday that's how wide open it was you know but the other encounter i had with a cop now during this operation pressure point when it really started getting in full swing uh there was a local bar called the park inn on avenue a between 7th and 8th that was you know our local spot, and since we were locals, you know, you know, this is back in the day, we were able to drink when we were, you know, still a little, you know, not quite of age, you know, but we, everyone we could knew get us. anything at any age. Yeah, they knew us, so we were able to drink. Actually, if our friends went in, they wouldn't serve them, but if the friends came in with us, because they were with us, they would be served. It was a local type of joint. Anyway, so we were just in there, we had a couple of drinks, went outside. I think I or me my friends, it was usually me to score that type of weed, but I had some Hawaiian, which still is like some of the best. Still uh, great, but really hard to get in those days. It's Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so we smoked a joint. So I was feeling really no pain. I was feeling like you said before, well, I had a smile on my face. Yeah, of course, you know, mm-hmm. feeling nice. And I remember the Lower East Side was like punk rock central. There were punk rocks, punk rockers everywhere on LES, you know? So there was two punk rockers just minding their own business, talking amongst themselves, talking to themselves. There were two of them. So this cop walks up. Now they were in the middle of the street, but they, were, they weren't saying anything. They weren't acting loud. They were talking. Cop walks up to them. And expected them to part the part ways like the sea to let the cop continue to the walk. So the cop confronts them like very aggressively. And I, I, I witnessed this whole thing. And I guess it was like the couple of beers I had in the Hawaiian, but I found it the funniest thing <laughs> that I've ever seen. I was like, this is ridiculous. It was ridiculous, but also caught me as being funny. So I start laughing. Right now, I'm off to the side from them. I'm I'm by the uh, by the curb. They're in the middle of the street. 
And I, I'm, I'm laughing so hard at this point, I'm doubled over in laughter. <laughs> when I rise up, still sort of chuckling, the cop is walking straight towards me. Now, now I'm amused even more because I wasn't even smoking at that point. All I was doing is laughing in the street. So I look up and he comes straight towards me. What are you laughing about? Now I have a shit-eating grin on my face, and my attitude is total relaxation because I know I didn't do anything wrong, and there's nothing this cop could do to me because, like, you know, and I don't think I had anything on me or anything. So I'm, like, ultimately relaxed. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, um, you know, I'm just, I was just thought of something funny, and I was laughing. Oh, yeah? You shouldn't be laughing, blah, 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 blah. You know, he starts being very super aggressive. And I'm just nonchalant, answering him very easily, tones, you know. And he's like, ah. And at one point, you know, as the conversation sort of uh, uh, progressed, he's like, what's your problem? And I said, what's your problem? All, all I was doing was standing here minding my business, and you're coming harassing me after I saw you harass these two guys over there. That again, we're doing nothing. Now, after I said, what's your problem? He takes his nightstick out. And he's getting more enraged. Mm-hmm. As, as, as calmer as I got, because as, also as the conversation progressed, I was getting more, I was getting less, I was getting more calm, right? Mm-hmm. More even-toned to, to, to counter his like aggressiveness. So he's like, what's my problem? What are you talking about? You can't talk to me like blah, 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 blah. Now he starts pushing me. He, he has the uh, nightstick in his hand, in both hands. So he starts using it as like a... He, he wasn't prodding me with it, but he starts pushing me with it. Mm-hmm. He pushes me all the way to the corner of 8th Street. Blah, blah, blah. He said something. I would say something, sort of. And I admit, maybe I was getting a little bit of smart ass with him, but not overly. But mm-hmm. he would just started getting enraged and rage. More and more rage was just like, I could see like red in his eyes. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. Pushing me. And he keeps on pushing me with the stick. He's like, yeah, have you any ID? I was like, no, but I have ID. Have you been drinking? Yeah, I've been drinking. Where have you been drinking? Ah, oh, here and there, you know. Ah, uh, blah, 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 blah. I said something. And I, I could tell that I had him that close to hitting me mm-hmm. outright, like just hitting me in the head with the stick. And then he said, go ahead, go ahead, say one more smart thing and I'm going to just wail at you, you know? So I was like, all right, now it's time for me to really like just don't say anything stupid because he's about to hit me, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, this is an indication of, of, of how much of a police state the area was turning into. All of a sudden, a cop car pulled up, two police vans pulled up, and all of a sudden it was me and this cop and 20 other cops on the corner of 8th Street and Avenue A. Damn. Right? Now, the first car that pulled up, I walked straight over to them. They came out, there were two huge cops, right? And I was like, hey, listen, this cop had a confrontation with these punk rockers. I thought of something funny that it was unrelated to that. 
I started laughing. The cop thought I was laughing at him, and he started harassing me. I said, oh, okay, you have any ID? Yes, right here. <laughs> no, I, told <laughs> I didn't have any ID at all. Right? I pull out my ID, and he's like, next time I ask you for ID, at this point, I'm not even looking at him. I'm totally mm-hmm. ignoring him. You know. So I give my ID to the cops, and I, it was a hunter. I was in Hunter at the time. And the cop's like, oh, Hunter, I went to Hunter. It was like, blah, blah, blah. So that's why I never, <coughs> pardon me, have a blanket statement like all cops are this or all people are that. Because these were two veteran cops. Obviously, this cop that was harassing me also was a rookie. Mm-hmm. He wasn't yeah. as tall as me. And I'm not a tall person at all. I'm about, what, five, ten and a half. He was shorter than me. He was a rookie cop. He was trying to establish his, like, copness, I guess, you know. Yeah. And but he's walking cops, a beat, and he's also walking a beat, which is, uh, <laughs> and he's walking a beat. So the two cops that get out of the car, I give the ID to. They hand me the ID back. And he's like, "Listen, very nice." But he's like, "Listen, it's not the greatest idea to be laughing when a cop is like in an interaction with somebody." I said, "You know what? You're right. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're absolutely right." Gives <laughs> me ID. Said, "All right, you know, have a nice day." Mm-hmm. Actually, have a nice day. I said, all right, thank you, officers. And as I walked away, the cop that was harassing me said, next time I ask you for ID, you better give it to me. And I just didn't even give him any. I just walked right away from him. Mm-hmm. But I really came very, very close to being a statistic, you know? Yes. I mean, very close. One smart Aleph remark away from being a statistic. Mm-hmm. And for what? For laughing myself. All right. For laughing. Him. But I was away from him. I could have been laughing about anything. He just heard laughter and came over. Yeah, but you were laughing at him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you are but listening he had, to he had he had no proof. I mean, you know, I wasn't yeah. in his face laughing with yep. him. I was like ten feet away from him, you know. You are listening to a safe space radio. Art Star Scene Radio, whatever you want to call it. It's still ASS Radio. It is Ass Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. If you, uh, Radio Free Brooklyn is like a lot of organizations, a lot of people going through some difficult times right now. We have had to uh, close up our studio. A lot of the revenue that we used to get was from renting out the studio for people doing podcasts. That is no longer available to us. Um, Also, we were in the middle of a Drive to Five campaign trying to raise $25,000 by May of this year because we turned five years old this year. Once the virus hit, the donations started to dry up. People were putting their priorities elsewhere, as they should. Um, things are looking better right now, and uh, we are going to ask for your for your help, for your support. Anything you give, you can give as a one-time donation. You can give a monthly donation. It can be as little as a dollar a month. We, we accept everything. To support us, please go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash support. That is RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash support. And remember, everything that you give us is uh, tax deductible. Absolutely tax deductible for the to the fullest extent of the law. We are a 501c whatever <laughs> organization. We're 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 nonprofit, and so uh, you can write that off your taxes.
I like doing it better without reading it off the paper. I think you've, yeah, you've developed a good, you know, sort of speed with it. Yeah. <laughs> you you yeah. improv well. I feel like, you know, reading things for you is a little bit, you don't need that. I don't need it. I don't it's need amateur the for you. In front of me. Yeah, that's amateur hour. <laughs> You know, dr- drugs are so prevalent and and so uh, and so <laughs> accepted in some ways. That, uh, I remember one time I was out with you, Norman, and we were somewhere near the East River, and it started raining. And, and this guy he comes up to us and goes, "Hey, hey, any of you guys got a, a cigarette plastic? My pills are getting wet." <laughs> and Robert did have a plastic and gave it to him. No, yeah, here. I think here. it's also just they sent certain people because that shit still happens to me. I feel like even though like the world has changed, I think people can just sense out. They're like, that person knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It still definitely still happens, especially in the, in the East Village. Yeah. I mean, uh, maybe it's because I live in the East Village and that's why it's still happening. The East Village is even more wild now, though. Like, I feel like it was pretty tame before COVID and before Black Lives Matters because it was all these like, rich white kids, but they all went home. So now it's a different neighborhood again. So here's a story I was going to that I'm going to get back to. Then we'll get back to uh, this uh what we're we're talking about this whole conversation on black lives matter um so this is just another marijuana related story from junior high school i don't know if i've told it on the radio before but it it bears (laughs) bears telling again i had gotten a, a brand new pipe and i was really proud of it i loved my new pipe i was showing some of my classmates and uh i hadn't it i hadn't used it not even once and the dean uh, what were the dean's names? Do you remember? Uh, Silkowitz. Wasn't Silkowitz one? And who was I think one? Silkowitz was the one that 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 uh, confronted me. Somebody ratted me out, and um, and uh, he's like, uh, I I heard you have some marijuana paraphernalia, and I said I said, well, I don't know about the marijuana part, but uh, yeah, I bought this. I took it out without. Because because there's no laws whatsoever against having a pipe that doesn't even have resin in it. You right. haven't used it yet. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I mean, so like, you could uh, say, uh, oh, gonna... you're using it for cigarettes, which they still might confiscate because it's a school and you're under 18, but it's not going to get you in trouble, really. Right. So he goes, I'm going to have to confiscate that. I'm like, what are you talking about? You You are not. And and uh, and he goes, I absolutely am. So uh, the there was a police department down the street from us. You did not. I went to the police. (laughs) 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 And I told him the whole story. And the guy, he was just in complete disbelief (laughs) that I was doing this, that I was that I was reporting my dean for theft of goods because he confiscated my marijuana pipe. <laughs> it's exactly what I did. But then he was like, you know, you're right. <laughs> he calls the school and, uh, and Silkowitz, uh, you know, the next day I get there and he said, uh, he said, you know, I, I threw it away. Um, and, uh, but I, and, but he paid me the $4 and 50 cents I had spent on the pipe. He reimbursed me for it. He had to. 
He probably <laughs> used it. Oh yeah, he, he was. He oh, didn't yeah. throw it away. He used it already, and he was like, yeah, he "Oh, it's already it got resin like, on it." Now, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I can back now. It's got resin. <laughs> <laughs> it's he was probably it. trying and rubbing alcohol, like <laughs> get it all off. <laughs> Have you ever tried to get a pipe, a peep, like a pipe clean again? It just like never happens. You're just like, no, it doesn't. I can make this work. No. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we know someone that partied with Silkowitz like after they graduated a few yeah, years yeah, later? Yeah, we found out that he was uh, smoking weed. Yeah, so that's probably exactly what happened. He's like, this is a nice pipe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I threw it away. Uh, yeah, I threw it away. But, you know, it's it's one of those things, know the law as much as you can, especially if you're a stoner, and uh, and when, when the law's on your side, go ahead and assert your rights. My therapist would like me to get a medical marijuana card. I think that's probably for my rights. I think you should. Yeah, I think it's time. Especially because I really, those, the CBD lotion, you don't even need the THC, the CBD lotion works great if you have... Like any injuries. You can get that without medical marijuana. Yeah, but the... Um, or you it, can get it at the dispensary. Oh, really? Like that one? Okay, yeah. cool. Yep. Yeah, the CBD works great for anybody who has, like, injuries. It works awesome. Yeah, you, you don't have to deal with the fucking whack-ass deli CBD. Yeah, no, that stuff doesn't. So don't buy the deli, the CBD. You have to spend a lot more, but it doesn't work. I used to tell him that CBD. I actually told my therapist. She got very upset at me. I was like, "That is a placebo effect. This is ridiculous that you're prescribing that to me." But then I realized that it actually does work. You just have to spend like two hundred dollars on it. Unfortunately. Oh well. The price oh, well. of the price of um. Then she started telling me that I needed to spend more money on essential oils, and I was like, you're going too far. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, they're calling places? I was like, no. Um, Well, theoretically, if your boyfriend has medical marijuana, and sometimes the the dispensary will give you a free lotion when your boyfriend buys something, and that boyfriend just gives it to you. It doesn't work that way. What are you talking about? I give you stuff all the time. That's what you do, but I'm saying if like a cop pulled me over, I can't just be like, "Oh, yeah." Oh no, you can't. This is my boyfriend's. I'm I was, just I was trying. It I was trying him. not to. I was trying not to admit to the crime. <laughs> 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 Actually, though, it wouldn't be illegal for me to give you CBD because it would be legal for you to buy it. Yeah, the CBD's fine, but um. Yeah, CBD's fine. I'm not using CBD right now. <laughs> but so, so so back to the like tales of the Lower East Side with this whole police uh, action type of things. Yes. Once Giuliani took over, it it, it, it was like on steroids. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember, you know, they started uh, also uh, cracking down on squatters, right? Mm-hmm. Now, on the Lower East Side, there was abandoned buildings for decades. Mm-hmm. No one even wanted to deal with those buildings, you know? No. But then after Operation Pressure Point, then, you know, they started cleaning up. That's when the gentrification really started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Giuliani sent a tank. A tank. Get the fuck out. To get these squatters out of the... I'll never forget it. Stop. A tank. Now, first of all, what does the NYPD 
have a tank. <laughs> I mean, Do they keep like, that all the time? Armies and everything, you know? And I, I, it just blew my mind. It was like, you know. And remember, there, and at that time, there was a question of whether should police have military gear. I mean, there was debates about it and everything. And, and now people said no. That, well, we're debating that given. again now. Well, but it's been a given for many years. Yeah, now. they have it. They have they it. Have it. They, they we're have debating it. like should is it um is it a reason to defund them because we we're saying that we don't have enough money to pay for the hospital gear, but then we have um, a lot more to pay for this right gear. So it's Exactly. Let's get I, let's hear the saw... let's hear the rest of this story, and then we're going to talk about defunding the police department. Well, De Blasio did did promise to defund them a little bit today. It, it was a good day. And 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 I saw this program about a, actually quite a few years ago that the NYPD their budget, I guess this leads right into this conversation anyway, is like the budget of a small country. Yeah. And they, and they just they, cut everything else 85%. Like schools got cut 85%, social services did, but um, I think de Blasio is trying to roll that back now. Change that. The NYPD has presence in Europe, in like a nation, I mean, worldwide. The NYPD, not the DEA, CIA, the NYPD has presence overseas. Now, there's something really wrong about that situation. Yeah, that's there's something bad. very wrong you know? about that. Yep. That is like, you know. Yeah. Oh, one of the things we talked about yesterday, or for listeners last week, was that uh, when, when there's a, a big uh, parade, a uh, big event in New York, and all of the, all of the, um, the, what do you call the, the blockade things that they put out? Barriers, the, barriers. The barricades, thank you. The barricades. barricades. All the barricades. It's police officers that are putting those barricades out. And that makes no sense. That makes no sense. Why not take, why not give that job? It's menial labor. It, it, it takes very little training to do it. So why are we paying a policeman's salary to do that kind of menial labor and isn't a police officer also thinking you know this is boring this is menial why was i trained uh, what what does this have to do with policing the city those types of jobs there are plenty of people who would do it for for half of what a policeman's salary is we the city would be saving money the uh, the the police would be doing wouldn't be doing something that's not just boring but menial most of their jobs are boring uh, and, uh, it, you know, that type of thing, it's, it's win win. Like we really need to start thinking about reshaping the police department in a lot of different ways. And that's one of them. Absolutely. And, and how they deal with crowds. I mean, even, even the difference between, let's say like, like Brooklyn and Manhattan, like during the, the, the free concerts, I know this is not necessarily uh, a strict police thing, but going to summer stage in Central Park, it's like, you know, it's like a, a police state to get into the where you're seeing the concert. Yeah. You go to the, a concert in, in Prospect Park, laid back, going, they still have checking, but it's not as, you know, it's not as regimented. 
And unfortunately, you know, 9-11 really did a lot to encourage us to be a police state. Mm -hmm. I mean, you take Times Square now during the ball dropping. Now, it used to be, you know, hordes of people just, you know, get there, come as you may, leave as you may. Now it's like like cattle. Yeah, Yeah. weird. And what they're doing doing now, if somebody did have a bottom of them, is not preventing that. It's not preventing that because it's not like they're, they're body checking everybody that goes in. Just once you go in, you're corralled. So, so the the reasoning behind it is is invalid. But they, they people are really herded in like cattle. I mean, it, it's 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 disgusting and deplorable. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. it used to be, it's like yeah, it used to be. You go in, you make your way. The hardest thing was just making your way through the crowd, through the people itself. Now it's like this street is blocked off. This street is blocked off. You can't go here. Once you're in, you can't leave. It's like, yeah, you know, I mean, like Macy's, I would never go see that parade. That seems terrifying. Like the way that they put everybody. Have you ever been? I mean, when you guys were kids, it was probably fine, right? I never went. It never appealed to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Did you guys do the ball drop? I mean, I've never done any of those things. I was in the Macy's Day Parade, but that's different because you don't have, like, I can deal with being in it because you're not, like, nobody's really near you. But I could never go and, like, be corralled like that. Yeah, we would hang out with crowds. We would hang out with whoever was having a party, and if no one was having a party, we would uh, have a party on the street or, or in mom, one of those abandoned buildings. Your mom is all about the ball drop. She she asks us every year to go to that ball drop, and she doesn't understand why we won't. And she's like, do it for me. Do it. And like, I'm like, God, no. <laughs> I want you to have that experience. No, you don't. No, no, <laughs> no. we really don't. No. I'm like, no, what, are you we going to wear diapers? Like, what are you talking about going to the ball drop? <laughs> Uh, any damage uh, in your area, Norman, where you work or where you live, from uh, from people who are being destructive? I, I live in Inwood, and there's it, it's pretty quiet up here. There there hasn't been the protesters. You know, it's a long walk up here, so mm-hmm. yeah, they haven't made their way up here, and I guess no one's really you know organized anything up here. So there, it, it, it's very quiet. Now in Times Square, I know they they made their way up there with the protests, which is great because Times Square is usually a, a focal point for a lot of protests. Um, I haven't been back there this week. I was there last week just for a couple of days and I didn't really see any too much uh, damage. Even before uh, the protest starting, uh, people were boarding up their, their windows just because they knew they weren't going to be there for God knows how long. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't see a lot of, uh, damage. And as far as television, I know you can't really put a lot of faith in that, but uh, most of the, I saw was happened in Soho. And, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the East Village was barely hit in terms of that. They, there was a lot of, I saw the protests and the protests came through, but the East Village was barely hit in terms of trying to get into stores. Just the, um, like one of the cell phone stores was the only store I saw hit. Um, but they didn't right. want to like these was just mostly restaurants. I don't think they're trying to like break in there. As long as they don't touch Ray's, you know, Ray's candy store. 
Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, no, nobody called the race. <laughs> you know, I, he I hasn't boarded up, I don't think. He's actually here. still open, but... Um, I, you, you know, a lot of the theaters are doing a lot of cool stuff around here where they've um, opened up their, like, club coming in um, the public theater and I think the Cherry Lane um, in the West Village. A few of the theaters have opened up, um, Playwrights Horizons, I think, have opened up, like, um, shelter for the, um, for the, um, f- uh, sorry, why can't Protesters. I? Protesters. Protesters. I can't use my mind right now. Yeah, they've <clears throat> opened up shelter and they've all, they're also giving out supplies, so... If you're in need during a protest, definitely um, go think about a theater. We have about eight minutes left, maybe a little. No, we have about seven minutes left. So, um, uh, Norman, um, in your opinion, well, what what are, what are the best? What's the best way to go from here? Or if not the best way to go from here, what what uh, organizations, charitable organizations, do you think are most worthy of? people supporting at this time um well definitely i mean the black lives matter organization as a whole but i think where we go from here is serious reform you know a lot a lot of these things that came up a phrase that's always used is well there's a few bad apples there's a few bad apples but what happens to those bad apples they're they're not they're not they're left in the basket you know, which eventually rots the whole basket. Mm-hmm. So what do you do with those bad apples? You know, those bad apples, sometimes they're fired, but then they go to another precinct or they go to another state. So things like that really have to be addressed, which, you know, which I see on the television, they are addressing, but they, if there has to be a follow through and there has to, we have to really uh, <laughs> keep our politicians uh, in line, you know, and at the voting booth, especially the local voting booth for local elections, that's where really change starts. And people really have to pay attention to that and pay attention to what their, what people that are running are saying and, uh, and their proposals. And that's, that's the next step that has to happen for real change to occur. Thank you. Agreed. Uh, Lucas, thoughts on that? Um, I have a lot of thoughts on that. I, um, I think that um, we we really need to, yeah, as what he's saying, hold people accountable from state to state for really sort of ruin people. I know that that sounds bad, but you know, Cuomo is trying to um, pass a law. Name her name's Amy Cooper, right? The woman who um, the, t- the the Central Park Karen. Yeah. Yeah, so Amy was he's trying to pass a law with using her name, calling it the Amy Cooper law. I think that that's like a good idea. Oh, like, really embarrass the fuck out of people, you know what I mean? Like, so I actually he got points with me again because I was really mad at him for a while. Faceboy knows I was really mad, but he got a lot of points with that one. I was like, that is the ultimate like fuck you, Karen moment. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> one point, one point for Cole. <laughs> But um, I you know so, I so what the, so I also be, think we need to like, fund things that so, are so, 
like we need more programs like what I'm in at the Goodwill, which is like I'm. It's mostly people of color, and it's like a rebound program. And it's instead of just like saying like, oh, these people are mentally ill, like fuck you, like we'll give them some like food stamps, but you know, otherwise just sort of give up on them. It's a program to try to get us to like bounce back into, you know, higher roles in society than we are currently in. And I think we need more programs like that, and more program like we're gonna have to allocate some of the funding that we're using for the police force to like do more things with 311 I really think I think we need um, more social workers working for 311 or something so, so what is the what is the Amy Cooper law um, that if you call the cop that you like get you get prosecuted if you call the cops for some sort of false claim that's um, like yeah it's good but um and another thing is uh, uh, cops on the beat because cops on the beat if they have a certain beat they really get to know uh, the neighborhood. Yeah. And they yanked that years ago because of corruption, right? Cops on the beat, they know people, so they might turn the other way and everything. But when you have a cop on the beat that really knows the neighborhood, it enables them to have discretion in how they deal with whatever comes about. So they, I think that's that's one step. One that step is, the, yeah, that, yeah. That they did really reintroduce. Because, like, there are crazy people that uh, that are absolutely harmless, right? So if someone's acting crazy and someone calls the police and uh, if, 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 if there's a beat cop there that's, oh, that's just, that's just crazy Willie. <laughs> yes, I think that anybody. happens a lot in the suburbs. You see that, like, my dad was in the psyche R, and so I was in there and, like, this guy was going crazy and I was going to kill him because he was talking shit on sex workers and I was going to kill him. And like, they had to like actually like take me away from the um, unit because I was so mad, but like six cocks came in and they were all like friends with him and they were like, why are you on the highway again? And you know, like they just, nobody like, you know, reacted poorly to this guy on the highway trying to direct traffic. Um, <laughs> Cause they're used to it. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he was like, well, the sex worker wouldn't come, you know, this bitch. So I had to direct traffic, and like to, to him, that logic made perfect sense. But then he kept like talking shit about the sex worker, and I was like, I'm gonna, like, I was about to murder him, but I, I calmed down when I was, I was told to leave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's fifty-seven fifty. All right. We have a little bit more time. Twenty more nope. seconds. You right? You want to play oh. the song for a minute? All right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, let's. Uh, thank you very much, Norman, for being so generous with your time and sharing these stories. And uh, it's always great to see you. Always great to hear from you. Thank you so much, Lucas, for uh, doing the tech for this and for also sharing everything that you share. Thank all of our listeners for tuning in. Next week we will have uh, Adam Smyer, and we're going to continue with our Black Lives Matter theme. Take care, y'all. Ciao.